0: Hi, guys, and welcome to the Desi Dutch. This is your host, Amje, And today with me, uh, I have a good friend of mine, Mudassir Anwar. Uh, we're actually going to go back to Pakistan because uh, there's been some recent developments. And also, I just want to keep in check how everything is going there. Mudasser is actually uh, has, uh, is running a business. And because there is a difference in the governmental structures in Pakistan and here in Europe, you do know, I do not know personally about how the government is helping out uh, medium businesses in Pakistan. So I want Mudasir to talk about his experiences and how he thinks he's dealing with the whole uh, pandemic. So mother welcome to Desi Dutch.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm seeing that uh, a lot of esteemed guests have been on your show already. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm very proud to join this. <laughs> you uh,
0: are in the great likes of Faraz Swas. Swas should
1: be the first name you should be telling me. <laughs> It has been wonderful with you. So, uh, Odessa, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, the introvert in me is getting a little confused right now because, uh, like, for the first five, six days, it was okay, but now I've realized that even I need social interaction.
0: <laughs> it's, it's for everybody. Yesterday, uh, I took out, I just gave a weekly update of the whole show and basically how my f- official first official week went in lockdown and I'm loving it. But by yesterday, like last day, I was kind of feeling it. I was like, you know what? I need to get out. I need to talk to people. Although I've been talking to people every day. Like every day, there's a new guest that I talk to. But it's, just not, it's not the same.
1: Right. yeah it, it's like the nuances that we we realize that we're missing right now things we we, we took for granted previously definitely so it's, it's kind of weird in a way but yeah uh, you were talking about businesses and uh personally, my business hasn't been affected as much as other businesses maybe because like in every uh emergency situation where economics is going bad uh, the necess- the Things that are necessities for you, the groceries, uh, uh, pharmaceutical stuff, they tend to be the ones that can survive it. So I've been lucky in that regard, but I think uh, it's not the same for everyone. Of course, everyone's suffering, especially if you talk about I have a few friends in the travel industry. And then we obviously know that the airline industry and anything travel related, entertainment related, they're suffering the most from this. Yeah.
0: And it's not just that, like, uh, I I also come back, come out from a family of entrepreneurs and my brother has a business in the textile industry. Right. And he's also like struggling with this because in the time of crisis, people do not want to buy new clothes. Do they? (laughs)
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you're like doing the entertainment stuff and stuff that you can easily forego. So you can delay those purchases, but the necessities are the ones uh, if you're dealing anything related to that, you're in, in that business. You can survive it definitely. So, yeah, I, I think I am very privileged in that regard, but it overall the situation is as bad as uh, anywhere else.
0: All right, so your business is not being directly uh, that affected that much by the current scenario. so but you it's might not know-
1: affected in a way that uh, obviously it's hard to get your labor to the the to the factories because of all the police and you know, that uh, the kind of trust that we have on our system. So uh, there'll be people who will be trying to go outside, but they, they then realize that, no, the police and the government is serious about it. So it's not easy for, it's easy for doing business like you normally do. But yeah, we're, we're slightly better off than most people.
0: And how, how is the lockdown going? So like it's officially, I think almost three, four days since the lockdown has happened.
1: So it's, uh, i don't know if you've been following uh, pakistan or not so it's pretty different uh, if you see if you compare the provinces in sindh it's been pretty strict overall uh, so they were uh, they shut off schools and uh, they had no uh, i think the ground they they didn't have it in psl as well so they were being strict beforehand but if you go to Punjab, still the restaurants, et cetera, are open. They are getting stricter in that regard. But in SIN, it has been uh, a lot more stricter. So yeah. they've, they've been a lot more stricter in the actions that, are, that they're taking. Uh, the army is already been called over here. Uh, there are news that uh, in Punjab as well, they're calling the army. But yeah, it's it's very hard to go out right now. And recently, for uh, it started yesterday, I think. They've closed the grocery stop, uh, shops and uh, petrol pumps from. 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. So you um, have a limited time to go out even even after uh, the businesses are closed.
0: But do you think that's a wise decision? Because if you put a curfew on these necessity kind of stuff, then the time that it's going to be open, it's going to be all rush and traffic. And that's going against the whole corona thing that people coming I think together.
1: The, I, I try to uh, dissect what they're trying to do. And what my view is that uh, after it, it's more generally people trying to go out for entertainment purposes. That's it's not like if you really have to go out for grocery, you can wake up early in the morning or time during the day. If you're going after it, it's generally for stuff like snacks or anything entertainment related. So I think yeah. that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to cut down unnecessarily uh, people going out. You know how people react. Even in Italy right now, people are going out to the beaches and they're trying to have fun. So it's not easy explaining to the people. When they're not, they're not seeing it that way. Something that you can see in the war as well. But in a the war, there you have a, lift, a risk of your own life. Uh, you do realize that you can get uh, your life lost. But in a pandemic like this, people don't realize this. Unless, unless you,
0: yeah, even in developing, unless you are in close contact with people that have, that are going through this, uh, you really do not know the severity of it. I have a friend of mine here whose cousin or someone is in the hospital, and they're in a coma. And they're 40 years old. They're not old. Like compared to the general demographic, which is being affected by this, yeah. they're just 40 years old. That's not that far, but they're in a coma. That's that serious. And because of them, all of us are really scared right now because we're like, okay, if it can get to 40 years old, it's that bad, that quarantine is not even working. Yeah. They have to be in the hospital. Then we really need to be careful, right? We need to Actually, be really... There
1: have been a few, quite a few deaths in young people as well, but we tend to ignore those things because again, that's not affecting us directly. So we, we tend to ignore those facts. We tend to, uh, listen to information that that's trying, that's helping us. Yeah. And you know how the whole religious thing was going on. People are still going out to the mosque and you know that, I think. Yeah,
0: the conspiracy that's going on, right, against, yeah. against our religion. Yeah, that, a lot of guests have talked about that on the show. <laughs> and I'm so sure
1: Suvi has talked about that.
0: <laughs> and it's difficult to actually dissect that, you know, because religion being a sensitive result for us, it's very difficult to, to explain to people, you know, this is not a conspiracy. This is actually, like, trying to find a way to reduce this pandemic. Whatever it may be, you might think of it as a blessing. You might think of it as a disguise. You might think of it as a punishment. Whatever it is, it is real, <laughs> And it is there, It
1: is very.
0: yeah, it is there. And you need to understand, like, uh, uh, I saw this video today about Sohail Zindani, right. Uh, this, uh, motivational speaker was talking about how, uh, people are not taking this seriously. And he's like, he's t- talking about the fact that we need to call these people out, like, you know, we need to call these people out. If they're partying on Facebook, they're showing you off. You need to call them out, you need to tell them straightforwardly that they're doing something wrong because to him, it was attempted murder, right? He thinks it's yeah. attempted murder if you're, if you're uh, taking part in all of these activities. What do you think about this? What do you think about people going out or people trying to find solace in this really closed up world right now?
1: I think what it has really exposed is the system that we're living in. Uh, we weren't a critic of capitalism until we saw it come towards us. It's this a pandemic like this is, isn't something that you can keep it for the poor's only. So when it comes to your door, you get affected equally. In fact, uh, the, the rich are getting affected more because uh, generally they tend to go out. They're coming from places like China. They have the uh, privilege to go uh, to countries like UK, Iran. So yes. when the rich are getting affected more, then they realize that it's a fall of this, a fault, uh, a fault of the system that we do not have healthcare good enough to cater everyone. So that, that is the real thing that's being exposed. So when a person who who go out, goes out without caring of his own life or anyone else. So I think the real, the real problem over here is that they've been living in a system where they, unless they're getting affected from something, they don't even realize it. So that's one thing that is being exposed from this. Yeah. But, uh, it's not just
0: like, for example, in Pakistan, of course, money gets you somewhere. Right. And we can see from this, that even, the richest of the rich get all the money you want. The healthcare system is not taking any turns right now. It has to help everybody. It's a pandemic. And yeah. big, big hospitals like AKU has been closed up. Like they're like, okay, we cannot do this anymore. We're reducing yeah. our amount of intake we're taking. And even in, but you compare that to Europe, right? Where there's a little more social democracy here in Europe and people are like, oh, healthcare is for all and it's all universal. But yeah, it's the same thing is happening, right? There,
1: people do not... It's it's a common thing all around the world. We Mm. think that uh, if Pakistan is doing it the wrong way, I don't think that. Uh, It's just that we're just realizing it now, but I think it's been happening if if people in Italy are going out to the beaches, they're trying to have fun, uh, they're gathering in large groups, I don't think there can be any other example bigger than this. I mean, a, a person dies in Italy every 10 minutes. If people over there don't realize it, I don't think Anybody would take it
0: seriously, yes. But uh, So there are a lot of recent developments uh, happening in it. But before we even get into the recent developments, I want to ask you about something. Uh, China has managed to control it. At least that's what they're saying, right? And uh, uh, in regard to however authentic their information would be, if you take it at face value, why do you think uh, China has it under control? And do you think this form of government that China is trying to propose sends that, okay, this is our way, And this is the way that we look. It's working. So our way is good. Do you have any comment on that? Do you think authoritarianism is really the good solution when it comes to a pandemic outbreak?
1: I think uh, there there are several things you can take from China and you can use it for your own country as well. But uh, saying that China did the right thing doesn't mean that you're supporting everything that they're doing. Authoritarianism is good. Uh, when No, basically, I won't say authoritarianism is good, but uh, a, a system where it's a planned economy and the government has enough power to take strict action and the, the rich don't come in the way is what uh, countries should learn. I mean, we don't, we don't realize it already, but healthcare, education and these basic necessities are something that should be equal to everyone if then some someone is good enough to be better than or richer than uh, other people i think i am i'm okay with that but as long as the government does have the power to control situations like these i am okay with this yeah so, but so i think what i'm trying to say is that some things you can learn from china and something you can learn from even places like U.S. or any developed nation for
0: that matter. Yeah, but here the question is, like: for example, you have U.S., which is pure capitalism, right? And then you have uh, China, which is pure authoritarianism. And then you have Europe, which is a social democracy. So they try to take the benefits of uh, socialism, and they try to take the benefits of uh, democracy and capitalism, and they try to make their own system. But because of the number of rights people have here, people in Italy are still going out. There's a reason because the government, even if how much power they have, uh, to fine and everybody, they're still restricted to the right of a human, right? It's their right. You, yeah. There's a certain amount of things that you can take. But in China, the rights of humans go out the window because it's an authoritarian uh, government. They're taking, they're taking strict actions. They're completely closing off. They completely closed off the uh, the Huawei or the Huawei, the Hubei province, right? And yeah. uh, they people inside were dying. There were actually reports coming out, social media were like, we don't have food, we don't have anything. In China was like, we don't give a shit. We need to contain this or else it's going to go to all over China. That's something Europe cannot do. That's something the US cannot do. And that's one of the reasons why one of the reasons why, why they might have contained it. Not maybe the real reason, but it could be one of the efforts that they took, right? So do you really think in this day, like here in Holland, people are still going out on the beaches. The all the prime minister can do <laughs> is request. He sends a national alert on, on our phone every Monday. Our phone starts ringing like crazy and it just says, Al which means please. He just says, please do not go out. Please keep a distance of 1.5 minutes. In
1: Italy, the the prime minister and the other ministers are literally abusing people. They're swearing at people <laughs> to go at their home, go inside their home. And I saw this video, I don't know the accuracy of it, but he, there, there was this guy who was roaming around the park and the minister yelled at him to go back inside his home. So, yeah, uh, I see where you're coming from, but the point is if, uh, If we truly implement the socialist system, the problem isn't people going out that much. The problem is not having the facility to test people and not having enough beds to cater to them. If we do have the facility, like in Iceland, they have the capability to test the entire population. So they don't have anything to worry about. If you are are tested positive, you can easily discriminate uh, the ones that are uh, being tested positive from the ones who are not. So if you have the facility to discriminate between the two, you things can go on as normal. That Bernie Sanders keeps telling the world. <laughs> yeah, but
0: but here I, I would like to push back a little bit because the example that you're giving is Iceland. With a population of I think 400,000, 500,000 yeah. people, right? Right. Compare that to even like Pakistan is a long shot. Compare that to even the countries in Europe. Even Netherlands is just 17 million people, which is not even the population of Karachi, right? <laughs> no, but I
1: don't think there are many countries which have the capability to test even four to 500,000 people. Maybe. That's still a big number, I think.
0: Uh, maybe, definitely. That could be. But uh, what I'm trying to say, this model does not apply. Not everywhere uh, you can have people. And In Iceland, I think there's also a thing, I think it's a cultural thing. In Iceland, the people are like, because it's such a small place, people are really intertwined with each other, right? They're, they're supportive to each other. They're willing to listen to their government in Holland, 19 million people in Pakistan, 225 million people. Not everyone is like, knows someone in the government,
1: right? No, I get, get your point, but what I'm trying to say is you can be far better than this, even if, I mean, there will always be the case that there won't be a one bed for everyone, one ventilator for everyone. But if there's even, even a slight shortage is what we can handle, but uh, the shortage that we're seeing in New York, the shortage that we're seeing in Italy is way too high. You can't control the number of deaths that are that happening over there. There's only so much you can do, obviously, but there's still far less that we've done or we're doing right now. Uh, I mean, uh, I was just reading this today that uh, USA had these models in January that they, they knew that this can, uh, if it does get in USA, and it was obvious that it will get in USA the desk would be beyond their control and they did nothing about it. Even in fact, they they fired the epidemic health professional from their own cabinet. Yeah, that's one thing.
0: That's politics. Yeah, of course, like politics uh, is always like a case which uh, we can never understand. It goes beyond logic, right? It goes beyond logic. But taking all of that we just talked about, the way to handle it, authoritarianism, uh, lockdowns, how do you think Pakistan giving the mass majority of population. The only thing I'm concerned with Pakistan is because the population density is so much, right? Yeah. It's dangerous. And not just that, it's like also there's a lot of elderly population. There's a lot of population with a very bad uh, immune system because they've been living in, poor, in um, impoverished places. They do not have access to the best healthcare. They're the ones who are going to fall first. Yeah.
1: And Plus, and- we have so many slums, uh, even in Karachi, if you look at it, they're so densely populated and the, their houses are so small that even if we try to lock them down, they're still going to, if even one of them gets coronavirus, it will be in the entire slum. So that's Easily. not something we can control. Yeah. Uh, we, we can. What we can do is that, uh, I think lockdown is something we can't control. We, it, it just has to happen. And I know things will get bad for the economy, for the people as well. I know there will still be lives that will be lost, but the best we can do right now is to have a lockdown and do the best we can to have uh, temporary beds for our year. Like uh, just today, Murad Ali Shah, the, the minister of Sin, imported, I think, four or 500,000 masks and other uh, unnecessary stuff from China. So in the meanwhile, we, we can try to uh, better our health facility as much as we can. And once we... Uh, And even even if the lockdown ends, it won't be like things would be totally back to normal. This would be the case everywhere in the world. It will be slowly coming back to normal. Uh, Like you can open necessary business first and then gradually you'll open more businesses. And the last stage would be to open the entertainment and other food or something of entertainment.
0: Exactly. This lockdown is going to go for a while. This lockdown is not going to stop anytime soon. But uh, the real question here is that What what do you think like going things, going back to normal, even if you contain this virus, I don't think you will have enough vaccinations. It's just my own opinion. I have vaccinations or treatment facilities or, or even someone people who can afford this much treatment uh, for everybody. So do you think herd immunity is something which is feasible or not, or like something which is real or not? I don't know. I personally feel evolutionarily speaking, it does make sense. But that's on a whole population level, not on a country level. So the UK cannot expect its people, uh, its own population, to just suddenly get herd immunity because half of its population gets the virus, because that's not the whole of humanity, right? Yeah. So, so yeah. what do you think about that? What do you think about herd immunity? You think it it makes sense? It doesn't make sense?
1: Uh, that's a very tricky question, actually. And not being a health expert and <laughs> not knowing science uh, that much, I what I can say is that. Yeah, it, it isn't proven yet that if heat, yeah, heat defeats the virus or not. But uh, it's also not proven that heat, it can definitely survive in heat. Because yes, Australia does have warm weather, but the effects are still quite low uh, than the other countries. I might be wrong here, but I think we do have to rely on the fact that uh, it may be less in the summers or the way the people are getting affected somehow gets slower. Otherwise, I don't think there can be any, any options or to be catastrophic events in the world. Yeah, and Pakistan, of
0: course. Yeah, definitely. It's all this. So, for my only concern is just weird because obviously, it's just your family is there, your friends are there, yeah. and you're you're in Europe. You just feel like all the time, just you're just worried about Pakistan. I I talk I talk to people in Europe. Uh, I talk to a lot of uh, Pakistanis living abroad, and
1: they all share the same concern as I do. They're like, okay, we're stuck here. We're alone. And one one another thing uh, that I fear is that. Uh, if the lockdown goes long enough even for two weeks I think people would at some point people would get really frustrated and even a slight uh, reduction in the lockdown would mean that people would start going crazy exactly. they just want to go back to their life so bad that they'll, they'll just treat it that the coronavirus has ended which yeah. isn't the fact which, which won't happen for at least one year if not more so yeah that thing is something that makes me fear the most
0: yeah it's just the 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 kind of culture we are is just that uh, we are very zero to hundred right so right now we're at yeah. zero uh, we don't know what balance is. Once we get a little bit of leeway from the government that, okay, this virus is slowing down a little bit. So you guys can open up necessary businesses and suddenly in necessary businesses, we're going to see child hub open up and we're going to yeah. see people coming out and they'll be like, Oh, it's necessary now for us. <laughs> you know, yeah. and it, it, it is just something really difficult to fathom. But moving on to recent developments, uh, yeah. there is a case of the USA making a vaccine. Uh, uh, I actually read about this in the world economic forum that there are four volunteers which have the virus and they've been, they've been treated with the vaccine and uh, they're going to try to see obviously if this vaccine works or not. Now it's a very conspiracy kind of question, right? And I don't think we both are eligible to talk about this really that much, but like if the vaccine shows up, do you think it's going to be free? Do you think it's going to be paid for? Do you think the governments are going to be paying for? And if that's the case, do you think Pakistan government will be able to afford vaccines for all of their people?
1: Uh, I think, uh, first of all, the vaccines that have uh, that have come right now are still in phase one. So there are yeah, yeah. just a few people. It's just then, testing, yeah. Uh, yeah. So there, there are supposed to be three phases before they release it for the public. And that, yeah, from what I've been reading, it'll take at least a year and a half to get it to the public. So I think by the time it goes out, achha, what I know so far about vaccines is that uh, the problem with vaccine is that you uh, you tend to spend uh, one or two years in making a vaccine. And by that time, people are already immune to it. The virus spreads so fast that people are already immune to it. It's, it becomes useless. That is what, one problem uh, which makes funding these vaccines very hard. Uh, right now, uh, Johnson & Johnson are doing it. Uh, they've been funding from... They've been separate... Research is going on in China, uh, USA. There, there are multiple researches going on in USA itself. So the the main problem is that uh, they can't be as fast as we think. And by the time they're here, people are people will already be immune to it. Yeah, the way I'm seeing it in USA and other countries, I I'm pretty sure at least fifty sixty percent of the population by then would already have it, and major deaths would already have been
0: by that time yeah that that's that's where our debate about the herd immunity comes into play again that yeah. if so many people get it by then then maybe the fear is over maybe we'll develop an immuneal response to it directly right uh, maybe yeah, because at right. that point in time it's like a it's like a whole existential kind of concept because if 60% of the whole population gets it the species itself is under da- in danger or if if it's going to be lethal i don't know if it's going to be lethal but if it's going to be lethal then.
1: One Another thing that uh, I would ag- add again, uh, if the way things are going on in Italy happen in a, a country like Pakistan or any third world country for that matter, people will start losing their trust in the government. Because this is something that that is already quite prevalent over here, that people do not tend to trust the government. There are uh, a lot of oppositions going on. Even now, we're seeing that there are political petty fights going on in this country. and. Again, this is something that you'd find in every third world country. But if it gets to a point where it gets out of the co- control of the government, it could be extremely chaotic. I don't think hospitals, government, anyone would be able to handle that. That's the risky part for me.
0: Yeah, the aftermath. For me, yeah. I'm worried about the aftermath as well because uh, what I'm reading about it, a lot of articles are about talking about how globalization might be dead after this after this uh, this pandemic, not in the sense that okay, people are not going to travel anymore, but the fact that maybe countries are going to become going to be enforcing their borders much more strongly, and that there's not going to be much fluid movement besides trade because money is the one thing that people are still comfortable with, but other than that, uh, like for example, with vaccines, China is making yeah. their own vaccine u s is making yeah. their own vaccine they're not collaborating at all with each other, right. So already you're seeing these rifts coming in with uh, the whole global economy concept, which was prevalent in the last 20 years. That, oh, it's a global economy. It's a global economy. But I I feel like there are a few cracks coming in into this. And this is what I'm worried about as well. That maybe this pandemic might show the worst in people. Populism might go in the rise again. Nationalism might go in the rise again. That, okay, no, our people come first. Our borders come first. We need to take care of our own people
1: i t- i kind of think the other way around uh, i think the world already is going through a phase where there is a lot of populism and uh, the way trump has been dealing it or modi has dealt it or imran khan is dealing it i think it's kind of exposing their populism in a way that we're so dependent on uh, on the countries that i don't think there is anything any going back from here like i don't think usa and china can ever survive Without aggressive global trade, they they are so ever so dependent on this that global trade will always exist. I think. Yeah, yeah, what people might realize is that in times like these, the burden has to be shared. Uh, The powerful, the rich, and by by rich I mean uh, the rich within the country and the rich countries supporting the developing country. If this doesn't happen, there will be massive collapses and. Massive collapses mean that the demand for the goods and uh, services that we're producing will wipe off. And that's what even the developing, uh, developed countries can't afford. So yeah. that's the point where it makes me think that uh, populism might be hurt more than, uh, than you might think. Oh,
0: interesting perspective. So like, of course we're going on about all, a lot of this stuff. There's a lot of opinions. We both aren't really the experts here. So I would like to bring back the conversation to us and to you. Yeah. So, the introvert in you is really getting annoyed now but uh, you tell me now how is it going for you and how the routine is in your house as you've seen our the previous guests they all talk about that how they're dealing with it so how like do you have your maid because that's the first question i ask about a pakistani guy who is living in pakistan do you still have your maid or you have to do stuff yourself because <laughs> then that's that's the biggest challenge there is for us
1: yeah that's a very big challenge uh yeah i am fortunate enough that we do uh, have our maid over here but what we've done is that we've asked her to stay uh, for uh, at least for a month over here so we've decided to pay her more way more than we used to do so that for for the time being i know the virus is still here to say but uh, at least for the time where the restrictions are a lot the lockdown is very strict. We're just trying to uh, cope up with it by asking her to stay for more, far longer. But that just goes on for one mate, the rest of the people we, we've we asked them to not to come because I think we can survive without them. But this is one thing that we made kind of a middle ground. in this.
0: Yeah, you have to, right? Because I, I saw a video of my mom. My mom sent me this video. I think I've talked about this already. Uh, she sent me a video of my older brother uh, doing uh, doing the brooming, he's he's doing the vacuuming with the, with the we have the jaru right, we have the broom, yeah. so he's cleaning the floor. My cousins who have never done anything in their lives. So everyone is like, every one of us is spoiled in Pakistan, right? They're yeah. cleaning the tables. Uh, we had, my other cousin is like making the bed sheets. My little brother, my little brother is cleaning the bathroom, and I'm like, wow, how's this happening? You know, I'm just
1: shocked that my mom's like it, the it's, best. it's actually giving feminism a very good market. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: it's, it's just not that you need to be responsible, and obviously, if yeah, me, living a Abroad, me living abroad, I I've been through this. I live alone. I clean my own bathrooms. I I sometimes host guests over uh, and I have to clean their shit as well if they're using the bathroom, if they're using. <laughs> so I'm used to this, right? I'm used to all of yeah. that stuff. But uh, when I was in Pakistan myself for two years, it's just a blessing that you're just so comfortable. You're so spoiled. And it was just wonderful to see the people are picking up. Our friend SOAS also showed, uh, showed me a video of his uh, his mom and dad doing laundry together. And mom asking him to do the uh, do the, the, the dishes. He's doing the dishes. He's breaking gur for her he apparently <laughs> broke five kilos of five kilos of gur for her and, and I, I think
1: why 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 are they using five kilos of gur in the first place <laughs> well, that's that, that's, that's, the, that's the first question that comes to my mind <laughs> that's the question that his mom might be able to answer for us but what I think is I think this is a I, I hope they, they do they do not have anyone having diabetes over there <laughs> <laughs> but isn't gur healthy for you compared to white sugar? Yeah, it's healthy in the sense that it, is, it has some nutrition to it. But we'll probably go off the topic if we start talking about it. Because I can talk a lot about that. <laughs> but yeah, moving back
0: to our conversation, I think yeah. this is like uh, like every crisis presents an opportunity, right? Yeah. So this is, I feel like the opportunity to independence for us Pakistanis who thought that we could never live without a maid, without a cook, without a driver, mm-hmm. that no, look, you can, right? You definitely can.
1: <laughs> Uh, and we're we're also realizing that the big houses that we live in it's it's very hard to clean them and very (laughs) hard to keep them in order now you know why the europeans have small houses (laughs) because they can't afford maids. they can't afford (laughs) i mean we we take a lot of things for (laughs) granted and everyone does we we're just realizing because of this so yeah in a way we can say it's a blessing in disguise but i hope the lessons that we're learning from it we we continue to do this even after this gets over
0: Yeah. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. So like one final question about like the serious topic, because I think you would know more about this than I would. But like small, medium, small, medium businesses are being hurt a lot in Pakistan, right? Uh, We talked about this uh, and uh, fortunately you're one of the fortunate ones that their business is not being impacted that much by it. But what do you think the Pakistan's government is actually doing to help these small, medium businesses recover if they, because we talked about this, like the the US is uh, initiating a $2 trillion stimulus package. You have the France and the European governments postponing rent and utilities for their uh, people in lockdown. They're like, okay, you can delay these payments. You're asking the companies that we're gonna pay for them. But here we have taxes, like here in Holland, I pay 51% tax on everything that I own, right? So maybe they have the money for it, but Pakistan people do not pay that much taxes. So they really cannot benefit from that. What do you think the government is doing to help uh, these small medium business owners?
1: One thing that the government has done is lower the interest rate. But uh, even now it's in double figures. So it, it won't have the impact that we might, we might think it does. The thing is that we're we just going on on a uh, stagnation period. Uh, we Our GDP was booming a couple of years ago. But then it was highly supported by debt, and we had to further finance it, finance it with IMF and other separate loans. So uh, this pandemic couldn't have been couldn't have come in a worse time for Pakistan because we were going at a recovery stage. We had taken the hard pill of uh, of taking the debt again, and at least what the government was saying is that they they wouldn't go for uh, the debt again, and they did take the hard measures like devaluing the currency again, uh, inflation skyrocketing again. The latest uh, GDP growth rate has been the worst in Southeast Asia. So yeah, our government was already hit by the economic system and uh, now that this pandemic is here, I don't think there's much that the government can do. Uh, We we might be needing a lot of external help in this regard. Uh, What Imran Khan does keep saying that uh, he hopes that IMF gives them some soft corner, or at least uh, what uh, I have read today as well, that IMF has asked uh, the, the third world countries to uh, delay those payments. I don't know if Pakistan is in it. I was just reading the article, but I don't think Pakistan was in. It. But I think we we really need external support in this regard. We are not, We do not have the capacity to deal it on our own. I just hope uh, some miracle happens, or or this uh, this goes out in the summer that. I know it's still a myth that it will go out in the summer, but I'm still keeping my fingers crossed that it does.
0: Yeah. At least something That's works, right? At least, at least global warming helps us out here with the warmest summer yeah. of the decade or warmest summer it's, ever it's
1: being it's, it's going the opposite way. Right now, Karachi is supposed to start getting summers in this month, but we're still, I'm, I don't have my fan turned on right now, which is a very weird thing in, in this month. Yeah. I mean, agreed. End of March.
0: It's the end of March here as well. I'm hoping that, okay, the summer is going to be here. I see the sun coming out a little bit, but when I go outside, it's still chilly weather. It's still under uh, single digits. And I'm like, how is it still under single digits here in Holland? Because at this time, well, usually in this time, it's still like this, but I thought global warming would have pushed it a little bit earlier, right? Uh, That, oh, it might work. Because last year we had the highest weather in the history of this region so i was like maybe this year it's going to come a little bit sooner but apparently it didn't well let's hope that this works out for us so how are you passing your time are you watching something are you listening something are you reading something
1: so uh obviously what everyone is doing is watching netflix i'm doing that too unfortunately i don't read as much books as i would have wanted to but uh (laughs) yeah mostly i am what i am doing is uh, coping up with the assignments uh, taking the online classes apart from that it's mostly been netflix or going around on the social media apps one by one <laughs> <laughs>
0: repeat one by one repeat yeah. it's been so difficult i told my i've always yeah, told we've been
1: my, searching both of us actually have been searching for games that we we can play online <laughs> and unfortunately we haven't found the <laughs> breaking
0: oh it's so difficult for us to find games and not just that like it's been i i to tell people a lot i'm really proud of it that i have social media timers and that on the weekdays i don't use my social media it's on lock and everything right and that's how my routine was Two days ago, <laughs> you know, but it's the last two days. My timers are falling apart now. Yeah. My timers are off. I'm still using my Facebook, my Instagram within my 15 minute period. I, I still haven't gone to that stage that I've reduced the timer. So my timer is still at 15 minutes. So once that passes, I, that's a hard block for me that, okay, now I really need to stop using it. But I feel like if this lockdown continues, those timers are going to come off as well. You know? And I'm scared of this because I, don't want, I was addicted to social media a lot last year. And this was a really good period for me this last year that I put some measures on it. Because I feel like there's a lot of, to be honest, there's a lot of negativity involved in using a lot of social media for me. Because you see a lot, you always feel miserable about yourself. Everyone's yeah. showing the best version of themselves. And in this day and age, everyone's just talking about the coronavirus. I, mean, I mean,
1: there should be uh, an app or at least something where you can only get positive news out. Because every time you open a social media app, there's something negative coming out. And actually, people really, really do need something positive right now. Yes. Yeah, what we're ignoring is, yes, the deaths and the health of the people is the primary thing we should be worried about. But the psychological factor is also a big thing. Uh, staying inside the entire time, people, I mean, we are social animals. We don't, we are not addicted to this. So yeah, the psychological factor is a very big thing, which we're underestimating at this point.
0: Definitely. I always uh, talk about this, that, okay, mental health is important and good that you brought that in because then I can ask you, because I just, I asked this to all my guests, how are you, say, changing your mental health? Are you helping yourself? Because I meditate. And some people read books and some people like uh, talk on the phone, like try to keep that sanity going. So what, what works for you besides your online classes and your Netflix and chill?
1: Uh, I just try to keep myself busy with anything I can think of. Well, if the moment I am free, my mind starts thinking about anything that's problematic or anything that's wrong going on in the world. That's the most difficult part. Yeah, I've been trying to do uh, to mediate as well, meditate as well, but uh, it's just the start. I hope things get better and I (laughs) start coping up with this better because one thing that humans are good at is uh, adapting to these changes. We don't realize these things. We, I mean, we can go past uh, seeing our close ones die, our close ones suffer, but we do uh get past those so i hope that this is a learning phase and all of us get past it
0: definitely so uh you you say you watch a lot on netflix you might be listening to some music something you want to recommend to our listeners something out of you you think that oh this is something i really would uh, appreciate and if people would love what like to watch it and stuff like that
1: uh i can recommend the show right now uh I think uh, at this point, most of us, or at least most of the viewers of the show have Netflix. So uh, I started this show, The Witcher. Uh, it's uh, it's just, I mean, I, it's the genre is the same as Game of Thrones, it's, but it's vastly different from it. But uh, if you're into fantasy, I think it's a really, really good show. I've watched four episodes so far. And I have thoroughly enjoyed.
0: it. Yeah, I've already seen that show when it came out. It was a wonderful show. But then again, um, because it's just I'm, one season, though. Yeah, but I'm also like I, I, from the gaming community. Witcher is already really famous. It won Game of the Year. Yeah, I've from heard year it, it came it. out. So we already know a lot about the Witcher. So a lot of gaming community people were disappointed. Some does time. that
1: does that spoil the show?
0: It doesn't. I, I to be honest, I don't know because I last I played Witcher was really back uh, when it came out. I think I think it came out three four years ago. I don't remember clearly, and uh, but a lot of people started playing The Witcher because of the show. That's a fact. <laughs> so a lot of people actually after watching the show, the sales of The Witcher went up again because they were all like, you know what, you want. I mean, I this- wanted
1: to see the gameplay of that uh, of the game, but. Then I realized that I might be getting spoilers out of those. So I decided not to. Yeah, I but can't once remember. the season one ends, I might give it a go. Yeah, definitely. I think you should. Well,
0: thank you, Anwar, for your amazing uh, contribution and uh, good stories that I heard from you. And I hope the listeners enjoyed it as much as I did. Thank you so much it for giving your time. And thank you all for uh, taking out the time to listen to the show. Uh, I hope we're keeping you entertained in this uh, lockdown period. Today was day seven, no, day eight of our lockdown. And I'm hoping to see you tomorrow at day nine. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you next time.